We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg, a savage Ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. Sees a whole burst to it. 20. Side steps a tackle. Runs left. 25 still in his feet. 46-yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones needs a tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo all alone tonight. Mike's off. And we are into, again, the tour in the league. Got two great conversations with you tonight. One, Peter Porter's J.C. Allen covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's right, Tampa Bay. This renewed rivalry. And we also have the New Orleans Saints from our boys or the Saints BS and Beer or the, the Beer Run podcast, as they call it. And they're going to give us the outlook on the Saints. So two great ones as our tour league gets underway. Before we do, I want to knock the, the commercials out now. The ads, our sponsors, we want to go ahead and give them some props. There you go. Just real quick, do it now. So we're good to go. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, so first up, here's JC Allen from the Pewter Report. All right, folks, I'm here JC Allen from the Pewter Report as part of our Tampa Bay Bucks who were in the league installment. It's been a while. We we, we saw each other at these teams a couple times last year. Didn't go so well for the Bucks um, and those matchups. But will this year be different? Maybe. Let's find out. JC, how you doing, man? Doing great. Happy to be here. Uh, gearing up for the season. Training camp is underway for rookies and quarterbacks in Tampa. Kicks off officially next Tuesday. First practice Wednesday. Can't wait to be back out there. Here's some football. Here's some pads. I'm, I'm excited. Now, you've had an eventful offseason, though. A couple of retirements, then a comeback for retirement, a coach leaves. What on earth happened down in Tampa Bay? <laughs> uh, where to begin? You know, I mean, yeah, to say that there was an offseason for the Bucks would be, uh, I think, a bit of a stretch, especially as someone who covers the team. I, don't, I think we maybe got a week off of news, but it starts with Brady, right? I mean, calls it a career shortly after, you know, uh, the loss to the painstakingly loss to the Rams, you know, all out blitz didn't quite go as well as expected. <laughs> yeah. Blitz the best quarterback against the blitz in the league. I don't know what they're thinking, but, uh, you know, Brady calls it a, calls it quits 41 days later. He's unretiring in that time. Starting left guard, Pro Bowl left guard, Ali Marpet retires a couple days later. Bruce Arians retires and promotes and uh, Todd Bowles into the into the front uh, front head coach job. So it's been crazy. And between all that, there's been some amazing signings, re-signing Ryan Jensen, re-signing Chris Godwin, re-signing Carlton Davis. You know, you bring in a guy like Russell Gage, who is protection if, if Godwin isn't able to go. And, and if if Godwin is able to go, you have a great one, two, three punch. Um, you know, they, they had a heck of a draft. Uh, manipulating the draft, moving back, getting assets, you know, uh, a great run def- run stuffing, pass rushing run defender, and Logan Hall. Then they come back around and get a potentially starting left guard, a running back who's going to be able to contribute right away, a tight end who's going to be able to contribute right away, probably since the tight end they did have and was potentially expecting to come back, Rob Gronkowski retired. So, I mean, it's been eventful. 
to say the least. And uh, I don't think they're quite done making some moves. They've got a few holes on the roster. Not necessarily holes, but spots where they could show up with some veteran presence. So, yeah, it's been an offseason for sure. <laughs> uh, All right. So let's let's start with Brady, okay? Why retire and then come back? What What was up with that? I think there was a lot of kind of, you know, that game was was heartbreaking to bring to bring your team back. You know, you're you're missing Godwin, you're missing Antonio Brown. You've got injuries to your pro, all pro right tackle. Your center is banged up. You know, is barely playing playing through the pain in that one. And, and the Rams, you know, they they gave them everything they had, and, and it was enough to get the victory. I think if there was a fully healthy Bucks team, it might be different. But you know, after the season, your body's broken down. You're you're tired. I think he's just kind of like, all right, you know, let's take a step away, and then a couple weeks home with the kids and the wife, and uh, that's that's the competitive drive was still there. So um, the the reason to come back so soon and, and only take that forty days in between because you know he owed it to the Bucks for two things. A, re- if I'm going to retire, I need to retire soon to let them formulate a plan with free agency approaching and offseason approaching see if there might be any trade avenues we saw russell wilson get traded shortly you know after the season ended if they're going to be able to figure anything out that way let me call it right now but then when he's like i want to come back same thing it's the day before free agency if, if i'm gonna if I, I can't wait until he recently said in an interview with variety i'd rather much have unretired in june july but if i waited that long the team would have been drastically different. So he felt the onus to retire, unretire before free agency hit so they can go out and they can say, hey, Ryan Jensen, Brady's coming back. You know, We're going to pay you the bag, but Brady's coming back before you consider anywhere else. Same thing with Godwin, Davis. And a lot of those guys have said you know, Brady was a big influence on their decision to come back to the team. That, the money they received, and you know, Florida has no state tax. So that, those all played some factors into it as well. Now... What role does Bruce Arians play in all this? What I mean is, is there was a lot, there's been lots of grumblings. And national media, I know national media, oftentimes, in my view, doesn't, doesn't get it right. But the view was, is these two guys clashed. Tom Brady, Bruce Arians. Then Brady comes back, Bruce Arians retires. What was the nature of this relationship? See, I don't. I, I completely agree with you. I mean, as someone who covers the team locally, and your listeners listen to you who covers the team locally, National always has excuse. They're not. They're not boots in the ground every day. They're going to write. And, and Florio is one of the biggest. Uh, he's the biggest gotcha headline story guys. Oh yeah, there. he is. He was yeah, spewing nonsense all off season about the Bucks and Brady and Arians and everything. But I think their relationship is solid. One, you know, if I had to say one thing about their relationship, he's coming from a Belichick driven. Uh, franchise to a Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians is a lot more laid back, a lot more hands off. He's going to let his coordinators and the people who he hired to run those specific spots do their job. And you know, Brady is a very dedicated, hardworking guy. Takes notes as a as a forty five year old. He's in meeting rooms taking notes with a binder. While rookies are just like, "What is this guy doing?" You know. So uh, maybe there was a an aspect there slightly that Brady wishes wished that Arians a little more hands on. But by no stretch of the imagination or belief do I think Brady said it's either me or him. I don't think there was any sort of rift like that in between them. I mean, when, when Bruce Arians stepped down as head coach, Brady was there. Brady was in the room, um, and it wasn't like, oh, gotcha. You know, I just think it was skewed out of proportion. They have a good relationship. 
Maybe the working relationship wasn't as Brady expected with being how hands-on Bill Belichick is with every aspect. I mean, Bill Belichick's not even naming offensive or defensive coordinators. I mean, so he's taking the roles upon himself. So I think maybe there might have been an issue, some friction there. But as far as like the red marker stuff, crossing out plays, and I, I, I find that extremely hard to believe. And that's been backed up by not only the new head coach, Todd Bowles, but by players, by Brady, by Aarons himself. So, I mean, who's going to believe, Florio or those guys? I mean, yeah, you get me. You picked the perfect day to bring up Florio. The Rams <laughs> released their Super Bowl rings, and what's Florio do? He takes a look at the rings and says, oh, they don't acknowledge the 1999 team. They don't acknowledge St. Louis and makes a story out of it. Do you, do you really, that, that's where you're going with this. The team wins the Super Bowl. This team, the 2021 Rams, and other teams, yeah, sure, they put five Super Bowls, three Super Bowls, six Super Bowls, or they they won on the ring, but because the Rams didn't choose to do that, they focus on 2021. They are slight in St. Louis. WTF, yeah. man, come on. Seriously, yeah, it, Florio? It's Florio. If he wanted to go with any angle, he could have won that, you know, that the Rams copied the, the Bucs Super Bowl ring, so the pop-off tops and the stadium inside. I mean, they, you could have gone at that angle, you know. <laughs> They could, they could, maybe he should have, but he didn't. Instead, he went this direction, and I think what is it, the actual reality was the two. There's two stars there that that they you know for the two two right. rings. I'm not sure entirely, but it wasn't the slight they make it out to be. I mean, why does it have to be a slight? Why does it have to be this? This is Florio. Florio is always doing this stuff, and this national media is always doing this stuff, sensationalizing, and who in reality. People who really usually know what's going on are the local reporters, the local broadcasters even, and yet um, we listen to the national stuff. Okay, so why does Bruce Arians leave? You know, I think it's it's something that he uh, he said himself. He was in a position, he was going to step away after this season no matter what. And, you know, then it becomes a situation where you know, Byron Leftwich was already coming back. Todd Bowles was already coming there. His staff that he put together is all in place. And by leaving the team to a guy like Todd Bowles, who has some experience as a head coach, both in the Jets and as an interim in Miami, um, he's leaving the team and the, the staff that he built, that he organized, you know, that he put together, that has worked with these players, that has a Super Bowl staff all in place for this season and beyond because of the contract that Bowles. Now, Bowles might make some tweaks next year. Uh, when he goes in and, and, and changes some things. But for the most part, these guys have been together. They work well together. They know each other. And instead of having that potentially blow up next season, you know, he decided to take care of his guys. I mean, that's exactly that's what he said. Um, you know, that there could be things behind the scenes. I don't know. I take Bruce for pretty much when it, when it, unless it comes to injuries, I take Bruce pretty much right at his word because he doesn't sugar, sugarcoat anything. Um, but I think that was pretty much the the big reason why. I mean, I think Byron Leftwich is going to probably get opportunities as a head coach next season, and uh, you leave most of that staff intact after mm-hmm. the, this season. and And he had the opportunity to walk away, take a take a um, front office role where he's going to be uh, still involved. You know, if if Bulls has a question, Byron has a question, Brady, you know, whatever, he's going to be there. He's got the experience, and I, I think he'll still play a role. We saw him at training uh, mini camp, um, mandatory mini camp, still out there. On, golf cart talking with the guys and you know watching hanging back with uh byron leftwich while the offense did their thing so he'll still have some contributions to the team but i think 
as he said himself, it was a perfect time to step down, leave his guys in place so that everyone has that job security uh, for this year and potentially, you know, down the line as well. I mean, how do you all feel about Todd Bowles? I, you know, I'm fine with Todd Bowles. I think um, when you look at his tenure with the Jets, it was a tenure with the Jets. <laughs> so uh, there's things that he could have done better, but I think it was a learning experience. Um, again, this staff is set up. This team is set up uh, with Tom, without Tom. Obviously, the quarterback will be a big question next year if Tom decides to retire. But the talent's here. The team is here. The staff is there. They know each other. They know what each other likes to do. I think Todd will start to put his own wrinkles on things. I think the personnel that they brought in on, on the defensive side for him as well is going to allow him to be more versatile. Um, you know, we'll, we'll hear his voice a little bit more. I mean, Bruce Arians was cussing all the time, all this, all during training camp last year. I don't know if that's going to be something that Bulls does. He's a little more soft spoken, but he's not afraid to get on his guys either. So I think it's going to be a seamless transition. Um, you, when you got Tom Brady and, and, you know, again, he's going to be part of the offense, but for the most part, he's going to let Byron and Brady do their thing. Kind of what they've been doing the last two years. I don't see a drop off. It's going to be next season if Brady doesn't come back. Who's the quarterback? Does Byron leave? Mm -hmm. Who replaces him? What changes does he make to the offense? So I think this year is going to be very hard to tell uh, too much um, uh, of what this team's going to look like under Todd Bowles because I don't know how much he's going to be able to actually put his fingerprint on because of the timing of of Bruce Ayers' step down and his promotion to head coach. But I think next year we'll get a better picture of it. But I think, you know, it's been a non-story, really. I mean... There's been, uh, we've been writing about Gronkowski retiring, unretired, wavering on his retiring more than we've worried about what Bulls is going to be able to do as a head coach this year. Next year, right. different story. All right, all right. So let's play. Is Gronk retired? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, he, he says he is, and he double downs on, downs on it. And then Camille oh Costa, so I don't think he's retired. Like, she's the closest person. She sleeps in the same bed as him. Like, if she's saying he's, then Drew Rosenhaus is saying, like, I have no idea. We'll we'll wait and see. I know they signed Kyle Rudolph this this past week, but I mean, if Gronk says, "Hey, I want to come back," they're gonna be like, "Well, sorry, we signed Kyle Rudolph. There's no room for you." You know, <laughs> it's, it's not gonna happen. So they'll make a way, find a way to make it work. Whether it's beginning of the season after training camp, whether it's during training camp, he's like, you know what? He, he sees the videos on Bucks.com, whatever. He's like, man, I want to get back out there with the guys. What am I doing? I can retire next year. Tom's retiring next year. We'll go into the Hall of Fame together. What are we doing? Whether that's in the season, first half, second half, after the bye week, for the just for the playoffs, there's a strong possibility I think Gronk will be back. But as of right now, I have no freaking clue. His agent and his girlfriend saying one thing, he's saying another. Who knows? <laughs> it's Gronk. I mean, I was just thinking of him trying to avoid, um, trying to training. avoid training camp. Right. I mean, that's how I would view it. But all right, let's talk about this draft. You said it was a good one. You said it was a pretty good one. Oh. What were the highlights of the draft, and what were the lowlights of the draft for you? Um, I don't know if there were many really lowlights. I think when you look at what the Bucks needed on uh, for this season and what they're able to get, and then if you look at you know the moves they're able to make, trading out of the first round, picking up extra draft assets was huge. You, you fall back to 33. You had about a four, three or four guys on your board. Devontae Wyatt was there. Obviously, there were some big question marks about some off the field stuff, some um, you know under the rug assault allegations that were made in Georgia that weren't really known. There was one or two, but there was a couple other ones. Uh, Lewis Seen was a big guy who who I know they were interested in the safety out of Georgia. 
but they took the risk and said, you know, we like Logan Hall just as much as we like these other guys, and we have a good feeling that he's going to be there. They picked up the extra draft assets. I was on Logan Hall from, like, day one. We put out uh, Pewter mm-hmm. Report, put our, our own, like, battle plans, like, what would we do, you know, and like, who we would sign as free agents, our draft, and I, I had him as, as my guy. I really like the size, the, um, the speed ability, the blend of uh, – a versatility to play three tech to be able to kind of stand up if he needs. He's, he's just a very versatile defensive lineman. Um, obviously, he's going to have to adjust to the pro game, but I think he's going to fit right in. You know, using that extra draft capital to move up in the second round to get Luke Kadecki, another small school uh, tackle uh, that is going to make a transition to guard. Ali Marpet did it. Alex Kappa did it. Now he's going to do it. Guy's a self proclaimed glass eater. I think he's a perfect fit on what this line does. He's going to be battling there and standing in camp. For that starting spot, uh, Aaron Sidney's got the leg up because he's he's done it. That Super Bowl stretch, he started three games, and he's been in the system. He knows the guys next to him, um, but he's an undrafted free agent. Luke mm-hmm. Gadecki's a second-round pick because of the talent, and, and he's got a real chance to win that job out the gate. Then you look at the third round. Rashad White is another guy I fell in love with, had him early in my mock. I think he's just exactly what this offense needs, is a, is a versatile – he's like a – it's like a Debo light, right? I'm not going to call him Debo, but he can do multiple things. He can run out of the backfield, line up in the slot, line up out wide. He can just do pass, you know, pass blocking is one thing he's he's working on, and we know most college backs is that's an emphasis for them to the, to the pro game. But I think he's going to be a a terrific back. I think he's going to probably end up being the number two back by the end of camp, beating out Giovanni Bernard in there, former third round pick from 2020, Keyshawn Vaughn, K. Dot in the tight end that grabbed the first pick in the fourth round which is the they got in the trade back with the jaguars mm-hmm. is down uh this kid is a traditional y10 end he's going to be able to block free he's going to be able to catch he's not going to be he's not the second coming of gronk but he's going to be i think he can be a very kyle rudolph in his prime similar type player after he gets a season under his belt right now he's 6'5 245 adds another 10 to 15 pounds of muscle he's going to next throughout the season i think he's going to be a real problem next season and a real uh safety blanket for whatever quarterback, whether that's Brady or, or Trask or whoever is starting next year. Um, the big the big one was drafting a punter in the fourth round, right? Um, that kind of took I was every- worried about that. Right. That took everybody by surprise, especially with a guy like Zion McCullum, who was still there, a cornerback who had the best re- relative athletic score in combine history. 6-2, could run a 4-3, uh, A lot of Bucks fans had him. We had him as one of our targets in our as our Bucks best bet. And they passed on him uh, to get Jake Camarda, who's uh, a punter who uh, everyone was in love with a punt god who can punt it as far as heck. Not that great directional punter. He doesn't handle snaps, uh, um, um, snapping duty, um, not snapping duty, holding duty rather. And he doesn't really do kickoffs. Well, Jake Camarda does all three of those. He's going to be um, a, a kickoff specialist. He's going to do the punting, and he's going to be the hold, holder as well. So I think the value is there. And then they come back around, and they make another trade with the Jaguars, trading a fourth-round pick next year, picking up a fifth and a sixth round. Then they get Zion McCollum, who this kid already is drawing rave reviews. You know, he's going to. I think he'll be able to carve out a role his rookie season, and he might even be using the return game with that speed and size. So they rounded out with a blocking tight end, Cole Keefe from. This guy is just a mean blocking tight end uh, with a signing of Rudolph. We'll see if he makes a roster. And then Andre Anthony, who's got the speed that kills at LSU, but uh, ended up getting an injury uh, and, and missed the rest of his season after posting four sacks in his first three games. So I think the draft as a whole, you look at it, they got a lot of impact players for yeah. now. A couple guys they could probably stash in the practice squad. 
You got a starter at punter, potentially a starter at left guard, potentially uh, a rotational guy at defensive tackle and at cornerback, uh, and at running back and tight end. I mean, I think that's exactly what you hope to get out of the draft. And I think they nailed it. Uh, but we'll see. Pads come on soon. So we'll see just how well they did, actually. All right. So you mentioned early on, just in your start, how you're happy with, you know, free agency and, you know, the draft was great. You're set on tall bulls now. Looking at your schedule. Whew. Okay. And we know we have the hardest one this year. You know, the Rams scored the toughest in the league. That's great. Yay. Um, and then, so we get you. But it's a schedule. I'm looking at it, and that's a pretty tough schedule there. How's your division? Where where are the Bucks fit in the division right now? Where do you see them, and, and do you believe that the Bucks at this point are a Super Bowl contender? I think the division champs. I mean, I just heard Atlanta Falcons are playing on Comedy Central all their games this year. Uh, so, you know, that's a, going to be – I think some easy victories right there, whether it's Marcus Mariota or Desmond Ritter, uh, whatever the heck is going on with with uh, Char- uh, Charlotte and Carolina, with Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold and whoever else they've got going on at quarterback. I think that's those are easy wins. Saints are always going to be the Saints, right? They've been a thorn in the buck side. Uh, they kind of revamped their defense. They added some pieces on offense. Alvin Kamara missing some games might you know give them a leg up in that first meeting, but. Uh, they're really going to have to get that monkey off the back and exercise those demons, not only against the Saints, but against the Rams. But I think the vision, the vision champions should be well within their reach. And then you look at the NFC, teams got weaker. I mean, you look at Green Bay, they lost their best wide, the best wide receiver in the league. They lost two good players on defense. Sure, they grabbed some players in the draft and they, you know, brought back their cornerback, uh, Rajul Douglas. But I think if you look at what the Green Bay Packers looked like last year compared to this year. I think they've gotten weaker. I think the Rams, too. Uh, the Rams have, you know, they brought in Allen Robinson. They lost Robert Woods, but they lost Vaughn Miller as well. They've taken, they've lost a few pieces. Um, s- s- number two cornerback. Um, the Rams always do a good job acquiring talent, and the coaches put them in a good spot. But I think if you're comparing rosters from last year to this year, I think they probably took a step back. And then, you know, 49ers, Trey Lance is going to be the starting quarterback, most likely. I, I think they take a step back. Arizona, we'll see if they can repeat some of that match they had last year, kind of fell apart down the stretch. Uh, just that, I mean, Dallas is Dallas. You know, we, we don't even need to bring them up. They'll choke away somehow. And the Eagles, I think they built a strong team and they did some great things in the draft and free agency, but they still have Jalen Hurts who's unproven and he needs to take that next step too. So I think yeah. the. The Bucks are in a prime position to, to get back to the Super Bowl. But again, just like the Rams, they have very difficult schedule. And they're not going to, it's not something where, you know, Brady always says, you know, that first quarter of the season, he breaks in the quarters, that first quarter of the season, you're getting to know, you know, each other on the field. You're getting that rhythm, building that momentum up. And then by that last stretch in, you know, November, end of, middle of November, December football is when you really turn it up. But the Bucks don't have that advantage to kind of, just take it, you know, and, and build that rhythm up. They've got to be strong out to get opening in Dallas and going to the Saints and coming back for Green Bay at home, coming back for Kansas City at home before they get a reprieve with the Falcons. And then they're still, they've got the Ravens at home. They've got uh, the Rams. They've got to travel cross country or, or out of the country to Germany to face the Seahawks, which is the Seahawks, but it's still an international game. Those things get wacky. 
Um, you know, they've got some, they've got the Bengals on the schedule. They got the Browns late in the season. If Deshaun Watson's back, they've got a very good roster. Um, they, they've, they've got a very difficult schedule. So it's going to take, uh, it's going to take one heck of a training camp to make sure that all cylinders are go once the season starts. Because if you start faltering early, you don't have a, a, a spot in your schedule where you can say, okay, well, we can make up some wins here because every every week is going to be pretty much a difficult op- opponent. I mean, Dallas, the Saints, Packers, Chiefs, to start, there's your first four. Yeah, I look bad. at that, and I, yeah, I see three and one there probably for the Bucks. Four yeah, and one. Best- Four and one for the Falcons next. Pittsburgh, I'll go five and one. Uh, Carolina, six and one. I'm looking at that going okay. The Ravens at home, I don't want. I'm not going to call that one. Uh, the Rams game. So the, to me, when you come to the Rams game, you should be seven and one, six and two. Yeah, I mean that's that's the hope. Um, but again, it takes everyone being on the same page. as Chris Godwin back? Right, because now you're relying on. A guy like Tyler Johnson or Cyril Grayson or Brashad mm-hmm. Perriman, Scotty Miller to be your number three receiver in a year you lost Gronk, which is going to be huge because now you're going to be you relying- lost Gronk. If you lost Gronk, because <laughs> you're going to be relying on more of these three wide receiver sets instead yeah. of twelve personnel where you can utilize Gronk out of the backfield. I mean, out of the out of that you know Y formation. So yeah, I mean, they they have a chance to 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 head into that Rams game looking pretty good, but. They've got to play their best ball out the gate. There's no excuses. There's no you, you, They can't come out flat. All right. So let people know where to find you. I know, we know you're the Peter Report for both podcasts and for writing. Where can they actually find you? Like, What's the your Twitter handle? Best place. Go. Yeah. You guys can find me on Twitter at JCAllenNFL, uh, posting all sorts of buck stuff, my thoughts, thoughts around the league, stuff like that, you know. Um, if you guys have any questions, feel free to you know shoot me a DM. Uh, if you have any, you know, want to talk about the box or whatever, any, just feel free. PeterReport.com is where you can find all of my work. Peter Report podcast on YouTube uh, is where you can find all of our podcasts. We've had some Bucks players on there. It's been pretty cool. But uh, I'm looking forward to this matchup. We'll have to do this again right before the, the game. Yes, we do. Absolutely. But, um, it's going to be a heck of a season. I'm just ready for football. I'm ready to hear pad smack. I'm I'm ready for it, man. It's been a long off season. I'm sure. The, I'm sure the entire Bucks roster is after that. The way the season ended. I mean, we've right. been there too, man. We know. Yeah, and I'm I'm under no illusions. By the way, when you mentioned the Rams maybe taking a step back, I, I it depends on how they adjust to Bobby Wagner being in the linebacking course instead of Von Miller. We'll see. But I, I look at a tougher schedule. I see when you're a Super Bowl champ, you know it. There's a target on your back. All right. It's harder. It's harder. In my view, Tampa Bay was a more talented team last year than they were the Super Bowl run. Yes. And yet, look what happened. So. Injuries, the cornerback room. I mean, the first time that Tampa Bay had their full secondary, projected starting secondary on the field was the final game of the season. Like that's how bad like injuries ravaged them, and then obviously Antonio Brown went living La Vida Loca in the Jets game. They <laughs> lost Chris Godwin to a dirty hit in the Saints game. So I mean, injuries were a huge part, and usually they are, especially coming off a longer season. And the Rams had even a longer season with the Super Bowl being pushed out another week. So that plays in the factor as well. You know, best of best of luck injury wise to to the Rams team because I, I hate injuries. I want to see everyone at their full strength. It just makes for a better product. Um, so it's going to be a challenge. The Bucks know firsthand 
how much of a challenge it is to, to go from Super Bowl champs with everyone on the target in the back playing that longer season, the injuries mm-hmm. that can pile up. Um, but I, I think they're in a good spot now, uh, talent-wise. I think they're even more talented than they were last year. Um, and it's just going to come to execution, and execution quick, because that, as we said, that first stretch of the season is a doozy. Well, that, and you better protect Tommy Boy. Exactly. You better protect so. the man. All right, JC, thanks so much. We'll see you again midseason. Absolutely. Talk to you then. Now, a few of you may have been wondering, why didn't I challenge him when he thought that the Rams may have been surpassed a little bit by the Bucs? Well, the truth is, they did make significant improvements in the offseason. They have some question marks. The Rams, they lost Von Miller. They lost part pass rush. They, they are going to pay the price for being top-heavy. So he could very well be right. Not saying the Rams aren't loaded. Not saying the Rams aren't capable of rebounding. It's a tougher schedule for them. They have a tougher division outside of Amy. I mean, look, I'm not even sold in Seattle being bad, honestly. So I look at this and I'm saying he may be right. We're going to find out. It could come down to these two teams in the NFC. Overall, I'm not worried about the Rams. have had their number for a while. We'll see if they can keep that number as they go to Tampa Bay this year. All right. So before we move on, I want to ask you to head over to Apple Music, leave a review. We really appreciate it. And if you like our show and you really enjoy the work that we do here and over at Butting Heads, hey, please share this podcast out. Retweet us. Share us on Facebook. Help us out. It really gives us better numbers, and we're just trying to spread the love around here. Okay. So here we go. The guys over from the Saints BS and Beer Podcast, the Beer Running Guys. Here, give us a preview of the Saints. Let's roll with it. All right, folks, I am here with Dale Mims and Craig Wright from the Beer Run Podcast. And I, this is our third take, by the way. So we've already cracked up <laughs> twice. I've already cracked up twice. And we are previewing the 2022 Saints. It is part of our tour in the league. And I, I, I know every time I do a Saints interview, I expect a little bit of trash talk, a little bit of pass interference call stuff. Well, go I mean, on, guys. Bring it. Just go. go. Like, can you just admit pass interference? Oh, yeah, I can admit can pass we... interference. I can admit okay. pass interference. Uh, that makes me feel worse. Like, I was ready to argue and tell you it was. And now, if we're all on the same page, now I just feel empty inside. No, well, <laughs> anytime, because I can tell you what, when, when that call went down, uh-huh. I, we had Saints fans flood us as if we did it. Okay. <laughs> as if we're the ones that did you it. You mean you didn't? Um, but, um, as if we, the, the podcasters, were the ones who did it. It's all our fault. It's all my fault. Mm-hmm. And But my counter-argument was, listen, you guys got away with a major face mask on Jared Goff just two plays earlier. Okay, there's a oh, lot you could have. I mean, there's a lot you can go. I mean, why can't we all admit, yo, the officiating was. And then the Rams, up in that they, we missed a, a roughing the passer in overtime. It happens. We, you know, the referees are terrible and they should all die in a fire. We can agree with that, right? That, that's my, <laughs> that's my expression you should die in a fire you went to it first but i mean can i admit it was passive interference? absolutely can i admit there's the, the game could turn in different ways beyond there yeah can i also say that even if it was that way the saints had another shot and it didn't happen uh, sure nonetheless it was passive interference it just, I'll, this I'll just feels it. hostile 
Yeah, <laughs> I'll say it. It was pass interference. And uh, okay. okay, well, you know, I'll take the win. Let's do it. You know, I'll, we'll do that. But the 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 um the thing now going to the current Saints is Sean Payton's gone, and of course, you know, the first question they're going to ask you right away is, "Okay, Sean Payton's gone." What's the outlook now, you know, as you move on from a head coach who was there for over a decade? I mean, right now it's a lot of unknown, but it's exciting because we don't know. Like, we don't know how many fullbacks we're going to keep if we're going to keep a fullback. We don't know how many positions we're actually going to allocate to special teams because Sean Payton was really big on special teams. Like, So it's weird. There's a lot of unknowns, right? Yeah. <laughs> because our, our, we have a new head coach. But in a lot of ways, there's not as much change as you really think. Our defensive coordinator was already on the team. Our old defense coordinator is now the head coach. Our offense coordinator hasn't moved. There's a lot of things are kind of lining up to be the same as they were. We're not necessarily changing as much as it looks. The big change, of course, is Sean Payton. And, you know, I'm, I'm a little harsher on him than most, but there's no argument against him being a Hall of Fame coach. I mean, he changed the mm-hmm. culture in New Orleans. We're not talking about the Saints in the same way uh, without Sean Payton. But a lot of the things that he built and a lot of things that made him great are still in place. That culture that we've cultivated now, it's still there. The leaders in the locker room are still there. The defensive coordinator last year, who was so good, that defense got real good real fast. He's the head coach now. He's still calling those plays. That defense is not changing. And the offensive coordinator... Uh, maybe he wasn't doing all of the play calling, but he's still in place. Pete Carmichael is still the offensive coordinator, as he has been for the entire run of Sean Payton. So as as much as things change, a lot stays the same. Now, you mentioned new head coach, Dennis Allen. He, uh, previous head coach with the Raiders, by the way, I will say it. I will shout from the rooftops. I think Dennis Allen, as a head coach of the Raiders, got ripped off hardcore. 100%. Um, and is a much better coach than people give him credit for. Never real, didn't get a fair shot in Oakland. So if you look at his record, eight, tw- eight and twenty-eight in Oakland. I, I, I don't even count that because mm. the dude didn't. He never had a fair shot. So what have you heard about Dennis Allen? What do you like, and what are some concerns you have about him already? Well, from what I've been hearing from different players, is I mean they like him um, as a person and. You know, when, when you like your coach, it's it's nice to come to work. Um, so I'm I'm optimistic about that. Of course, um, the defense is going to be solid because that's what Dennis Allen does. He's he's been doing that, and I like the the moves he's made as far as bringing in new wide receiver talent because we definitely needed it. Um, I'm 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 very optimistic about it. Very optimistic. Yeah, with how the team was last year, uh, they didn't make the playoffs, but they had a winning record, and they withstood some of the more dramatic injuries that any team could could possibly go through. They lost their quarterback, they lost their running back, they lost multiple offensive linemen. Uh, They actually set an NFL record for most games missed by starters with injuries last year. So you got to think, most of that's not going to happen. Even, you know, just growing back to the law of averages, you're not going to have that many injuries every Mm -hmm. year. So you got to think, with the team adding players they have, getting players back from injury, and losing some maybe with a decline with their head coach, uh, it doesn't even break even. you got to think the Saints are in a better place today than they were at the end of the last season. 
Uh, and, and a lot of that is, is adding the pieces that they've added. So, uh, we, we talked to the guy from this, for the Bucks for our Parvo tour, and he seems Ooh, pretty comfortable. Sorry. He seems very comfortable with the Bucks winning the division, doesn't really see much of a challenge coming from anybody, including the Saints. Why do you believe differently? Because I can already tell, just kind of with the attitude you have, and it may be the alcohol talking, that... Um, we are from the beer run. <laughs> yeah, that... You guys do have a more positive. You have a more positive view that I expect you to have, considering you lost your head coach. So, when you hear maybe not taking the Saints all that seriously, that's not, that's how I took it, anyways. What do you think? How, what what's this team built for? Well, the Bucks haven't beaten the Saints. I want to say like the last two seasons in the regular season. Like, I, I don't I don't understand how you can win the division. Uh, and be confident you're going to win the division when you're going to get swept. By yeah, the that's the thing. They beat everybody except us, right? <laughs> well, that's they the thing. He's, he's thinking they're going to beat the Falcons up. They're going to beat the Panthers up. They're not really worried about you. They're going to they're going to do fine with everybody else. That's what I would guess his thinking is. And Bucks confident fans are real confident, right? They they're going to go 14 and two, and those two are going to get beaten up by us every year, and they're just going to assume we don't win the other 14. That's all. That's all that it is, right? They they don't match up well with us. They don't beat us. Uh, but that's the that's the thing. They beat everybody else a lot better than they beat than they play against us. Uh, they have every reason to be confident. They've won the division what two years in a row. Uh, there's there's no oh no we won it like two years ago. There's no reason for them to not have that confidence. We just don't agree with them. Uh, they've gotten worse on the offensive line. Their quarterback has been declining. He's going to keep declining. I know everyone is. He's the legend. He's the goat. And there's no argument to be made that he isn't. He's got to fall off a cliff at some time. He's got to slow down eventually. He's with 43 years old. You were at. They're adding he's more like 43 Jones. Now. I think he's more 43. He? Yeah, he, he's 45 and a half. He's 95 years old. Doesn't matter. He's going downhill. His offensive line got worse. We're talking about he's adding Julio Jones, who is now on his third team in three years. He's not the Julio that everyone is afraid of. They're adding Kyle Rudolph from the Vikings, who hasn't done anything significant in a couple of years. Uh, they're adding a lot of big names. Even even Leonard Fournette. We're all we're Louisiana guys. We're LSU fans. Leonard Fournette is not Leonard Fournette. He's not the same player he was. The the Buccaneers have a lot of big names and not a lot behind it. Uh, if you're the Bucks fan, yeah, be confident because you won it last year. You've got most of your pieces coming back. But uh, as a Saints fan, I'm not afraid of them. If games were played on paper, we'd be really scared. <laughs> but it's pretty awesome they play them on fields. <laughs> All right. So I just want to know he didn't talk trash. He just had he he just gave the impression that there's no one that's going to challenge the Bucks overall in division. So. The the roster right now, your quarterback, Jameis Winston, is he the guy you expect to be there all year? I know you have Andy Dalton now, Taysom Hill, which I'm like, okay, gosh, Taysom Hill. I, I don't know how high you are. I know outside where we are, we just look at him and laugh. Um, but for some reason, he's loved by someone. So how do you view I'm the quarterback? Someone. You are that someone? I mean, and I don't mean to insult. I just don't see it. So, no, and it, but that's the thing is I agree with you completely. If he was our quarterback going forward, it would be it would be hilarious because yeah. I don't think he's the quarterback either. Right. Uh, but we actually on our previous show we just recorded are talking about how Taysom Hill as a weapon and not as a quarterback 
is a real asset. Uh, Saints fans, we're, we're sold on Jameis Winston. He's the guy. Uh, Andy Dalton is a very expensive, very nice backup plan. Uh, if your quarterback goes down and you have an Andy Dalton to come in, that's solid. You know, there's, there, there are starting quarterbacks who aren't the same level as Andy Dalton in the league right now. He's not great. He's not wonderful. But if he's your backup, yeah, that's pretty solid. Uh, we're very confident in Jameis Winston. The thing about Jameis is last year, he played into his sixth game. Uh, he got hurt very early in that sixth game. Uh, he was five and two. Am I, my numbers are five and two. I got an right. extra game in there. Mm-hmm. Five and two as a starter. He threw three interceptions in all those games. So the crack on him is always turning the ball over. He threw three interceptions as a Saint uh, last year. He protected the ball. We have a strong running game. We have now added the weapons around him to protect him a little bit. Uh, yeah, no, Saints fans are all, we're all in on Jameis Winston. We think he's the answer. Yeah, we haven't seen Jameis in New Orleans with actual weapons. And now we get to see that with Landry, with Mike Thomas, with Chris Olave, you know, AK coming out the backfield. We get to see him with weapons, and now we get to see what Jameis is truly made of. Yeah, week one last year, Jameis Winston, his his top receiver, the best receiver on the field, was Marquez Calloway. Marquez Calloway might make the team this year right? because of the additions we've made. Marquez Calloway, if he makes the team, he's the fourth receiver. Mm-hmm. The, the addition of weapons around Jameis Winston has really been dramatic. All right, so, I mean, well, I'm an Ohio State guy, so and you have a lot of Ohio State players on the roster. You're almost to me, mm. to me, you're almost Ohio State South of Crystal Law. I mean, you're supposed to be a Saints fan, mm-hmm. bro. <laughs> it's, it's the pipeline, the Ohio State you know, pipeline to New Orleans. Orleans. Pipeline. So, you know, another Ohio State guy, Michael Thomas, been, been through the ringer a little bit the last couple of years. Where is he right now and how he fits the roster physically? Because, I mean, I'm going to go back to what you guys said about Holyfield Jones. He's not the same guy, been hurt. Well, Michael Thomas has been hurt too. So why are you ready, ready to hammer Julio a little bit? But are you not questioning Michael here, or are you that are you pretty confident he'll be just what he was before? Well, I'm confident that he's going to play this year. Now he hadn't played like the past few years or whatever, right? So that's that's stepping in the right direction. He's starting off this, uh, the tri- the camp on pup, and this is just going to give him some time, I guess, get conditioning right. <clears throat> and and just get to 100% where we can actually see him. I, don't, I really don't want to see him in the preseason. Because no. uh, if I want to see Mike Thomas, I want to see him play in the regular season, not <laughs> not meaningless games. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, me, me and Dale put a little him. bit on Michael Thomas. So he's coming back. He's had multiple surgeries. So it's not like he's recovering from the same injury two years ago. He's had a couple of more surgeries. So he's kind of recovering from a few months ago and not from two years ago. Um, I, the, the thing about Michael Thomas is we're not putting all of our eggs in that basket, which is important. Uh, when he's healthy, he was one of the great, best receivers in football. You know, he does have the, re- the receptions record. Uh, he, was a, he was a heck of a player in 2019, and this ankle has really taken him out of, out of the game. Uh, but now that you have Landry, and you have Olave, and you have Taysom Hill, and you have Alvin Kamara all on the field at the same time, Michael Thomas doesn't have to be that guy. He just has to work in slowly. Uh, the expectation for around the Saints fans is that he does play. Uh, he does start practicing sooner rather than later, and that he will be ready for Week One. I think that's the that's the understanding right now. 
he is on the pup list to start training camp, but the mm-hmm. uh, DA, our, our head coach, did say today that it should be a short, temporary kind of situation. Okay. So you're breaking things down, you know, Olav. You have our guy there, Malcolm Brown, by the way. Big Malcolm Brown fan. Um, okay. You have you he if you could if you can keep Malcolm Brown healthy, he's a he's a hidden gem for you. Okay. Um Jarvis Landry. You guys got players. And your defense has been pretty freaking good. What would hold you back from being, say, a division contender or a Super Bowl contender? Offensive line. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So anyone who listens to our show knows uh, I'm a, I'm a former <laughs> offensive lineman. I played center for decades. I, I have an offensive line podcast. Uh, the offensive line is the only thing that I see really stopping the Saints. Uh, massive injuries and the offensive line not coming together. So uh, our left tackle Taron Armstead, uh, multiple All Pro, multiple Pro Bowler. He's in at Miami now. Uh, we couldn't afford him. The right. salary cap comes for everybody, except for the Rams. I don't know how you all figured it out, but whatever. <laughs> so he's in he's in Miami. We had to draft a rookie. Uh, ter- uh, we have Trevor Penning. Uh, he's a small school guy, but a lot of physical uh, attributes. He, he, lo- real high ceiling, real high, f- real low floor, one of those guys. Um, and we've had some issues with our right guard, Cesar Ruiz from Michigan, where he has all the tools, but he doesn't always put it together. Maybe he's not tough enough. Maybe he doesn't mean enough. The offensive line is the big question mark for the Saints, uh, especially offensively, probably for the whole team, but especially offensively. If the offensive line can hold together, uh, the offense for the Saints, the Saints themselves are at least at least a playoff team uh, looking at looking at the roster. Uh, but that old line falls apart, and all of a sudden, this is a, this football team could really struggle. They should be good defensively anyway, but that offensive line could really hold them back. But all right, we we were looking forward. To yeah. these kind of injury problems, and so that's why the Saints went out and signed um, the the sports um, the sports science guy from Alabama, mm-hmm. and so now he's our sports science uh, sports science guy. And he's going to sprinkle the magic Alabama dust on our players to keep them healthy. And if you're tired of Alabama winning every year, it's it's because of this guy keeping the guys <laughs> on the field. Yeah, let's just go with that. It, that voodoo from uh, from Alabama that's going to work. Yeah. So I'm looking at your schedule here, and I am. It's got some tough games in there, especially early. It yeah. has it has. There's a couple that I think are walkovers. Right now, when you look at at this schedule, where's your game breaker? Like. Where will you know whether or not this team is legit? I'm going to go with the, the first four games. Yeah, because, for me, it's Minnesota game four. Yeah, yeah, that those first three games are uh, versus um, division opponent. So two of which on the road, right? And the one at home is against the defending uh, division champs in Tampa Bay. So yeah. the first four games are three are division opponents, two of them are on the road, and the fourth one is is minnesota and that's in london yeah is that is that across mm-hmm. the pond that's right so by week four the, the saints famously start really slowly we had a streak of five years in a row i think it was that we didn't win our first game uh we didn't win our first two games for a couple of years in a row 
the Saints start slowly, and we have a front-heavy schedule with division opponents. If we don't get it together quick, and if we're not two and two, three and one by after the Minnesota game, I think that's where we know we're in trouble, or yeah. that we got something really to work with. Exactly. All right, so I ask and make a prediction here. Where do the Saints finish? You mean record or <laughs> yeah, record? Record to, to where in the division? Playoffs? Go for it. Tell me. Tell me everything you got. All right. So you you this look on your face right now. You I just it's almost like I saw the wheels just start turning. <laughs> like everything just started going for you. Now understand, we are from the Beer Run podcast, and we just <laughs> recorded, so this, we might have a little bit of liquid courage in these predictions. It's it's okay. Go for it. Well, we got what eighteen games? Is that right? Seventeen. Seventeen. Games? Seventeen, 17 games. games. Come on, man. <laughs> we don't drink that much on the show. Come on. I, I say I say the Saints will uh, will have uh, twelve wins. That's that's what I'm going with. So twelve and five. Yes. Wow. All right. A little higher than I thought. Go for it. Okay. Okay. He's the negative one on our show too. This is. This is I'm, I'm a little. I'm caught off guard here. Um, I actually had 11. I had 11 wins. Uh, but but I I think that a lot of that is the defense carries us through, and if the offense is even mediocre, we win a lot of games. Honestly, uh, Tampa Bay is the best team in our division outside of us, and we kind of had their number. The only time they've beaten us recently was in the playoffs when Drew Brees kind of melted down. Uh, there's, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to think we can hang. Uh, so I'm going 11 wins, uh, NFC South champs. I don't know that we are a Super Bowl winning Ooh. team this year, but I think we win the division. Ooh, he said NFC South champs. Yes, sir. Well, I mean, 11 is six. Get an audio five. clip, and I'll I'll, I'll drink <laughs> something ridiculous. If we well, lose. with the Rams' schedule being what it is, and I mean, the Rams have the toughest schedule in the league this year. There's a belief that they're not going to win more. Y'all deserve games. it. You won the damn Super Bowl. Take it <laughs> Oh no, no, no! I'm not. I'm just. I'm being factual. I'm not even being. I'm not even trying to be remotely just take fanboy. This year off. It's fine. Just go. Over I'm just whatever, saying, and then just let us. Have if you this guys one. go 12 and 5, 11, 6 win division. Um, you could potentially outseed the Rams if they win. If they, you could, how many times have we seen teams with the Super Bowl slum the following year? You know, so we'll see. All right, guys. Tell people where they can find your work, where they can find your podcast, all that jazz. I mean, you can follow us um, on Twitter at BS and Beer Media. Um, look for BS and Beer anywhere there's podcasts. Uh, we also use a hashtag a lot, um, hashtag uh, Beer Run Podcast. You, know, you can find me on Twitter at CaliCajun67. Uh, we're going to be posting for the Beer Run Podcast, BS and Beer Media. Uh, if you search for BS and beer or even just Saints Talk in any of your apps, you'll find us. Uh, we're the one with the, the terrible logo that I've been wanting to replace for a while. <laughs> At least you're asked about it. All right, guys, thanks so much. And I will see you on midseason for our visit to New Orleans. Rams. All right. Who that? Big game. Who that? Oh, boy. Well, there is still a little bit of a. Little bit of stuff there. That's the first thing that came to me and said to me when I asked them about joining the show. They were like, you know, it was pass interference, give me all kinds of props. Of course, they're never going to let us live that down. I, I'll just keep make, saying the same thing I always say is listen, 
There were a lot of missed calls in that game. It doesn't matter now because the Rams have a Super Bowl championship years later. So, overall, interesting views in the Saints. I'm wondering your views. Let us know. Send us an email, rams.1945gmail.com, and give us your point of view. All right, it's time for us to go. Follow us again on Twitter, Talk Rams. Follow me on Twitter, DC Paul. Follow Mike. He lives right here at 1do23. And we'll be with you next time for more Talking Rams. Talk Rams. Rams Talk Radio. You know the drill. We're out of here.